This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You shouldn't go to Barnes & Noble and buy 10,000 books just so you can build a book fortress and yell out, I am your book leader. You shouldn't buy 147 copies of War and Peace, stuff them inside turkeys, and serve them at Thanksgiving as Terbukens. And you definitely shouldn't buy up all the copies of Dork Diaries, causing the neighborhood kids to stage a protest in your front yard. But you could. Because at the Barnes & Noble Book Hall, you can get over a 1,000 titles for 50% off. Stock up at your local Barnes & Noble. Terbukens are fictitious and should not be cooked at home. Welcome back in. You were listening to the October 12, 2018 episode of the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a this podcast dedicated to answering your fantasy football questions. We are brought to you by the fine folks at RotoQL. Start picking teams like the pros. You remember when everyone, including myself, was touting hashtag SFB8teams on the Twitter sphere? I do too. You remember the awesome FI Fantasy Insiders tool everyone was using to pimp their picks? I do too. I had to bring the designer and creator of said app back on the show. He is the host of the Aggression to the Mean show on Roto Grinders. You probably heard him all off season talking best ball strategy. And now uh, you can follow him over at Roto Grinders and Fantasy Insiders as a data dev and app dude. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Uh, just plenty of insight from this fellow. You can also find him uh, frequenting uh, the Gilcast over on Roto Grinders as well. Welcome back to the show, my man Josh ADHD at Fantasy ADHD on Twitter. Josh, my man, what's good? Man, you were like the micro machines man tonight, <laughs> hammering through that stuff. I am impressed. That is that is tough to do. No, man, I'm good. I'm good, Jeremy. It's good to be back on. This is uh, this is appearance number three for me. On the mailbag, and I'm excited to be back. Do you, do you what what percentage of the audience do you think actually knows who the Micro Machine Man is? Do you think it's like in the 20s or or in the 50s? I, I want to give the audience an RV Nation out there 50s, but I mean we're both kind of old, right? Like we're the Larry Fitzgerald of the fantasy football scene. You know what I mean? Yes, definitely. I you know I would guess it's probably I would think 40 to 50 percent. I think that's I think that's probably a reasonable estimate. In micro machines, I mean, they don't make micro machines anymore. I mean, those were the coolest toys in all the land. Like, if you had a good collection of micro machines, like I, I know I did. I mean, everybody came to play at your house. Like, Hot Wheels had sure. nothing on micro machines. Like, but could you imagine being a parent with micro machines like embedded in the carpet? It's a minefield. You know, it's like stepping on Legos, pretty much, except they're made out of diecast metal. 
I just <laughs> I can't imagine barefoot in one of those in the middle of the night. And, and as a father of, of young children now, I mean, if I had a single micro machine in my house, I would have a heart attack right now because it's a choking hazard these days, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, you'd have to put like a, a lanyard on each one of those. So if it went down your kid's throat, you could at least fish it back out. Well, hopefully we're not going to be fishing content back out of all the uh, the throats of the RV Nation as we answer the questions of the week, whether it's player and team outlook, uh, outlooks, dynasty slants, DFS rants, you name it. Josh, before we dive right, uh, right in, you created some pretty nifty tools over at FI and RG. Talk a little bit about what's, what you're upkeeping over there, how folks out there can use it to gain an edge, whether it's for season long or DFS related. Yeah, so the newest app that we have that I've put together is the Player Usage app. And we've got two versions of it. We have a free version uh, that anyone can use, and it houses snap counts and, and stats that you can view across, you know, different weeks of the year. So it, when you think of like a traditional stat search engine, you know, you could pull up a player and it's going to list every one of his stats across the page in a big table. Well, we take a different approach, and what you could do is you can select a group of weeks and it will combine the stats for those weeks and spread them across each week so you can see the trend of that particular stat or the, or the trend of the snap count across a group of weeks. So it's a little bit of a different take on traditional snap count and stat engine, but we really like it. it. For me, it's very useful because it's a really quick way to look and see how a player is progressing either among his peer group or in, in his offense or defense throughout the season. So you can see if it, if his usage is trending up, if it's trending down, if it's highly volatile, and you could do it really quickly. So you know I use it for that. I, I, it's not I say it's not the end all be all, but it certainly it kind of gives you a, a push in the right direction. I think if you're looking for a different type of player exposure, you know we also have the Air Yard Explorer. That's an app that's been up. This is its second season up now. And while we haven't added any goodies to it from last year, we've got some plans to add some goodies to it. And it's still the, the same um, engine that it was before. It's it's meant for the passing game. You can look at the offense. You can look at the defense. You can look at passers, receivers, and visualize how they're used in their passing game or how defenses try to defend the passing game. So they're, they're very helpful apps for that. I use those every week to try to, to measure, you know, what a, what a matchup like might look like through the air. And then the other app, the last one I'll talk about, is the adjusted matchups app. And, you know, some folks out there, they'll do, you know, defense adjusted or schedule adjusted fantasy points against. This is a similar methodology to those. I, I go about it in a little bit different way. It's a different algorithm, but it's the same concept. And the idea is to use the schedule adjustment or, you know, a prior adjustment, if you will, and view a matchup through the lens of what it what it truthfully really should be and not necessarily what it might be based on just the raw stats that have been put out by a defense and an offense going into the season. And the reason I like that is because it gives me a better idea of what a matchup might actually provide rather than what it would provide just based on the raw stats because a lot of times those are two vastly different outcomes and you don't necessarily want to side on the raw stats because a lot of times raw stats can lie in small samples. So we try to adjust those a bit and make it a bit more truthful to what we think it is in reality. My goodness, all the tools, all the tools. I mean, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good, Josh. I mean, I got to say, now more than ever, as will be the theme, we are bi-week. 
infused, right? So, you know, just just a ton of bye weeks. Everybody's scraping the bottom of the, the waiver barrel here, so to speak, right now. And so these are really just some some high-profile tools that are going to help you sift uh, through a lot of the, the noisy candidates there and get to what really matters here. But uh, as, as we discussed that, the main slate of games, Josh, it's a little bit harder to manage this week. Give us a few nuggets you've identified via the uh, reception alignment and QB pressure tools that are leading you to a few good plays this week. Yeah, so I'll talk about the QB pressure tool first because for me, that's that's the main thing I've been working on lately. Trying to, I'm really trying to spin this thing up into more of a predictive, uh, predictive engine than than just the raw stats that it provides now. Now, the raw stats I think for QB pressure are helpful, but they also need to be somewhat adjusted for the schedule and the prior performance of both teams. And it, it it takes a little bit of time to get enough data to make that worthwhile. So right now we're just kind of working off raw numbers. But right now the raw numbers to me indicate that the matchup tonight was an excellent matchup to attack if you wanted to play the Philadelphia Eagles defense. I did that in showdown based on the numbers that came out of my app. And so far so good on that because Eli looks like the dust that has broken down into further dust <laughs> at this point. Um, a couple of the other matchups that I think are interesting and the one I like in particular is probably going to be um, San Francisco at Green Bay. And the, the reason I say that is that Green Bay is not very good at applying pressure on the quarterback this season. They're kind of in the middle. And, uh, you know, San Francisco, we feel like they're going to need to throw quite a bit to keep up in that game. So I think they might be kind of an off-the-radar, off-the-map play. And granted, it's Monday night, but if you're playing either full slate or showdown slate or primetime slate, you might – Think about C.J. Beathard a little bit in a comeback role. He'll be cheap, and it looks like he's probably not going to deal with a whole lot of pressure. So I think that's fine. I think that's okay. Um, another matchup that I think has a real potential to blow up is going to be Oakland and Seattle in London. And the reason being that both offenses have been uh, – or not sorry, both offenses, but the Oakland offense has been really good about keeping pressure off the quarterback. And the Seattle defense has not provided a lot of pressure. And then on the flip side, while the Seattle offense has let in a little bit more pressure than they typically would, the Oakland defense does not apply any pressure at all to the quarterback. So even though the line for Seattle is not that great, it's better than it has been. And Oakland will not pose much of a threat to Russell Wilson's passing ability at all. So the Seattle-Oakland game, I think, has a real opportunity to get up into potentially the 60s for total points. So I really like that game this week. Yeah, that that should be a fun one. I mean, and they're going to be on, on a short travel turnaround time frame from Oakland you know, going from the West Coast to, we'll call it the Ultra East Coast, right? <laughs> All the way over to, I don't know where they're playing, in, in, in Wembley, maybe? Wimbledon? I, don't know, I was going to say Wimbledon. Wimbley, something. Yeah, something. I think it is Wembley Stadium. Yeah, okay, okay. And it, so, yeah, I can definitely see that over as well. And solid call on the Philly defense there as well. I, too, use the Philly defense, but I also took a uh, balanced approach because I also thought, well, if the, you know, if the Giants are going to be able to beat the Eagles in any way, it's probably going to be through the pass game. So I also had the likes of Sterling Shepard and, and OBJ here as well. And uh, I kind of need Eli to convert a third down from what I hear is going on right here as we start up the third quarter as we record this. So uh, going to need a little turnaround here. So hopefully, I, I, I guess it, as mine does a little bit better, maybe yours won't. So I, I guess we're on opposite sides of the fence here. But uh, golly, Eli Manning, I mean, this is just awful. Just 
you got the weapons around you. I don't know. Saquon Barkley show, I, I guess, is the way to go here. I mean, geez, can you can you see Eli converting one? He had one pass last week where I think there were two total passes where he actually led the wide receiver in stride for crying out loud. So maybe we'll see more of that in the second half, but I'm not holding my breath. Yeah, it seems like that's a pretty low probability outcome for him right now. So the only the only way to get around that is volume. Yeah, well, we've got plenty of volume over here on rotoviz.com, cranking out the episodes, cranking out the, the content and the articles leading up until the Sunday slate this weekend. So get on over there for your 30% discount to the Rotoviz NFL Pass through the NFL Podcast homepage at rotoviz.com slash podcast. And your subscription gives you unlimited access to our premium NFL content, and it also supports this very pod. You can also support this pod. Uh, subscribe. Rate and review on iTunes, the Rotoviz Radio channel. We also have the Fantasy Football Mailbag uh, feed. You can go directly to that feed. Do us a solid and hit that rate button. And also, support Rotoviz Radio Network. We have 10 shows every single week on Patreon uh, to support us. It's just $5 a month. What are you doing for $5 a month? I guarantee you are spending $5 a day on a freaking white chocolate mocha with cinnamon sprinkles on top. No, that's not my Starbucks drink for crying out loud. I didn't just say Say that out loud, but you're going to get that exclusive elite access to Rotoviz Live every single Sunday morning. We're going to answer your questions just like we're doing on this very show live for you on Sunday morning. That's four additional shows per month on top of 40 podcasts for just $5 a month. That's patreon.com slash Rotoviz Radio. And last but not least, look, you have QQs, you want them answered, send them in to us, rotovizradio, gmail.com, and we'll go ahead and get those answered for you as well. All right, Josh, let's dive in, fire up some of the QQs for the week. Here we go. Redraft, PPR. Uh, Cortland Sutton scored last week and left another one on the field, but Emmanuel Sanders seems to have jumped ahead of the other two despite Demarius Thomas also getting back on the board. I'm trying to target an offense where I think the pieces could be had in a trade on the cheap. Do I take a chance on DT as Sanders is likely more costly, or has Sutton done enough now that maybe I should just look elsewhere altogether? I don't think it's a bad idea to target Demarius Thomas or even Cortland Sutton. I, I think any part of this this offense is going to be viable. And I, Sutton, I think you could probably have him for pretty cheap, even though he you know he did get on the board last week. He's still, I'd say, relatively low volume and the potential to be higher upside later in the year. So this might be a good time to to try to trade for him. And you could probably even offer up a guy like Wendell Smallwood if you happen to get him off waivers and turn him into Cortland Sutton. Yeah, that's so a good I, call. I, I don't have any issue with that. Let's just let's get him in the end zone here tonight, and then and then you can go. Yeah, I use Wendell Smallwood too in showdown. I'm just just apparently I'm very good at this. Apparently I'm very good at this. Well, hopefully this next question here, Josh, redraft PPR. This dude is also really good. He drafted Ronald Jones and somehow hasn't dropped him yet. Well, now he's starting to see snaps since Peyton Barber has stunk up the field, and now they get the best running back matchup to ask for in a deep 16 team league. Can he start Jones this week? He's comparing him to Bilal Powell for the start. I wouldn't come anywhere close to comparing him to Bilal Powell, but I will say that I don't have any issue in a, in a 16-teamer. I don't have any issue starting him, especially in PPR. I mean, I think there's an opportunity for him to see, let's say, five, maybe six targets this week because they haven't been targeting Peyton Barber in the passing game. Uh, so I, I think that if they are going to use Ronald Jones, they will attempt to get him in a little bit of space and use his athleticism. And to that extent, it makes sense to, to try to use him as a, uh, as a dart throw this week. 
Yeah, th- this is where it's tricky, right? Like all of the circumstantial evidence that we have says do not go anywhere near the Tampa Bay backfield despite the great matchup that we have in our foresight here. You know, the challenge is, at least from a GPP perspective, and they're going to have some ownership too, but, I mean, you got to be a week ahead of this. And, and the problem is you're living on a prayer, right? You are living on a prayer that you think Ronald Jones is going to get a little bit more, even though he hasn't caught balls basically ever. There was that one catch. Oh, you remember that one catch in preseason that was like a halfback flat or a, a jet sweep that he, he ended up going 30 yards down the field for a catch? <laughs> I think he bobbled it along the way, but ultimately came down with it. So, like, I I get it. I can see it. And I mean, if 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 you're the underdog and you think you need some sort of home run pop, I think Ronald Jones could be the guy. But I mean, you're living on a prayer that you think all of a sudden he's going to get a total of, I'd say, 15 to 17 touches collectively in the game. But yeah, it, it's it's a stretch to say the least. Uh, Josh, what do yeah. you... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, for, no, it's okay. I was going to say, for my money, I I think if if I'm choosing between those two players, I'm going to take Bilal Powell this week. And I number one, if if Isaiah, if Isaiah Crowell plays, there's some injury news on him right now. But if he plays, Powell is still slated for well over half the snaps, and I think well over half the touches in a game that has an opportunity to shoot out like Tampa Bay and Atlanta is expected to. So I think given that situation. Bilal Powell, is a, I think he's a safer bet to, to play and get points. And then if Crowell is out, you have to, have to, have to play Powell over Jones. Yeah, they, that would be the prudent thing to do, would be take a stop at the BP. All right, Josh, uh, what are your best and worst purchases you've ever made? Hit me. Oh, my goodness. Um, worst purchase was probably, I, I bought a month of, of a dating site back in 2001. And I just got out of college. I, I was kind of, I was, hell, I was still awkward and just <laughs> trying to meet people in a new place. And I, I just wasn't very good at it at the time. It's, I've since improved a little bit, but not without pain. So I, that was probably the worst purchase I ever made. It wasn't because of anybody I met or anything. It was just, and back in hindsight, it it was not, I, I would have been better served spending that money on on some other way to improve myself. I'll put it that way. <laughs> what what was it? What, what can they, What do they offer in the dating service in two thousand and one? Right, like we were we were getting down on something called AOL back in the day at that time, and there was like AOL chat rooms. So I mean, was it like a dating service chat room? Like now I'm intrigued because um, I, I didn't end up you know partaking in a dating service. You know, I just uh, I, I had a lady friend at the time, so I'm I'm dying to know. Gosh, I want to say it was like Yahoo Personals or something like that. Like I, I seem to remember Yahoo having a dating site back then, and it might have been through there. And it was, I mean, it wasn't that much, but at the same time, it was still money spent trying to meet people. And, you know, I could have done something better with that money. So best purchase was the best <laughs> purchase I've ever made. You know, probably the best purchase I've ever made. I, I bought this pair of headphones, and I spent I spent a lot of money on these headphones, but I love music. And I like the ability to isolate myself in certain places, one of those being on an airplane. Mm-hmm. And these aren't like some, some, you know, bows, white noise canceling. These are just like some, some badass cans that really make music sound worthwhile. And it was worth every penny I've spent on it. I've had them for over a dozen years and they just, they almost go with me everywhere. I love them. Yeah, I'm going to have to make that upgrade too. I'm an, I'm an earbud guy and I got real tired of the wired earbuds. Or, or their AirPods or whatever that they make these days. I use the Jaybirds, but, I mean, you know, if you use them all the time, I mean, they've got a short lifespan, right? 
and I'm just tired of yes. forking over 120, 180 bucks for a freaking pair of earbuds for crying out loud. So I think I'm gonna have to make the switch over over to headphones. So I may have to hit you up and and uh, get linked up there as well. <laughs> DFS, DK, Cash Games, Baker Mayfield, uh, Matt Ryan, or Jameis Winston. Also, do I have to eat the Cameron Brait chalk, or can I save and just use uh, the other side of the game with Austin Hooper? So Austin Hooper, uh, it's only a $200 difference, if I'm not mistaken, on DK between these two guys. And I think on FanDuel here, I think you're just going to, based on where the pricing is, you're going to go with Brait here. I don't mind going on on the Hooper side, I mean, he he's going to get all the snaps. I know, you know, we you know, pending news with OJ Howard here. I used a lot of Austin Hooper last week. I had more Hooper than I did Vance, just based on overall snap share and projected routes run for crying out loud. Um, so, I mean, I don't I don't mind taking the Atlanta side on here, but there there's insulation on the Cameron Brait side via the you know just based on based on the ownership percentage there as well. Um, what do you what, what say you about the tight ends, and then uh, chime in on the quarterbacks as well? Yeah, so at the tight end, I would. I'm fading Bray this week. I think he's a bit of donkey chalk. And I I say that because I think that, that Tampa will probably do something different with their passing game. I just don't, I don't think that Bray's going to get all the volume that we think he's going to get. And he's expensive, man. He's $3,700. Like, you know, you mentioned dropping down to Hooper at 3,500. I think that's okay. You know, Vance McDonald's in a good spot this week. He's $3,400. Uh, and then another player I was looking at that's cheap, that's really due for some positive regression is Ricky Seals Jones. And he's 2,700 bucks. And you talk about a guy that, that lets you do a lot of other things with your other roster spots for cash games. I, I think Ricky Seals Jones is great for that. Dang. And then quarterback, I, for me, the three of those between Baker, Matt Ryan, Jameis Winston, I'm going to play Baker Mayfield. Oh boy. You're, you are, you are inherently, just the the au contraire, and I don't get me wrong. I love me some Baker this week. I will definitely be making some tournament lineups with the Baker. Um, but yeah, it's still Winston in in, in cash for me. I mean, the dude is seven to eight hundred dollars uh, below expected value right here. So uh, I'm with you on on. All three of these guys, I mean, if you can get up to Ryan and Cash, I don't see how you're going to do it because I think your your RSJ uh, mention there is, is super sharp and you're going to need all the salary saving you can get this week. So I'm on board there as well. Uh, redraft PPR, can I go back to Robbie Anderson this week despite not using him last week in a good home matchup this week? Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't see any reason with that. Now, the, the thing to – consider is that his volume was low last week. He didn't get a lot of targets and he turned those into how he maximized his targets last week without a doubt. So I, the way I always look at these decisions is that if I think I need the upside, like I'm going to treat it like a GPP. If I think I need the upside to win my weekly matchup, I'm going to play him. If I don't feel like I need it and I can go with a floor player instead, I'm going to take a, probably a safer bet in my lineup and maybe use risk somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there across the board 100%. You know, I mean, Quinn, did we did we expect a goose egg from Quincy last week? Like, no. <laughs> his his profile did not speak to us goose egg. So, I mean, it I don't want to say it's pause for concern with Quincy. I mean, I think holistically 
it was good to see Sam Darnold be able to get the ball uh, down the field. You know, I don't know much how how much of that can we attribute to to what happened in the run game last week. So I mean, I don't think much has changed. I think if you're setting Robbie A in your lineup, you're just you're hoping for that big play, or you're willing to accept the zero, regardless of the matchup. Pretty, pretty well, I think much. it. I think it kind of indicates something that we need to be be aware of going forward is that the the Denver defense is secretly bad. And they have they their pass defense especially has not been good this season. The run defense was a strength, and I think we saw that a bit against Kansas City. Is you know Kansas City couldn't really get the ball going on the ground. They did struggle a bit in the air, but they were they worked it with the running back through the air. You know they got to Kareem Hunt and they got the passing game going kind of late. And when we saw the the Jets kind of basically exposed them last week. Yeah. So yeah. I I I have. I have some suspicions that the Denver that the Denver pass defense in particular is bad. Yeah, and a callback so earlier in the show that to, to prove your earlier point on the Denver passing game. I mean, they're they're based on what you're you're talking about from a defensive perspective. Those wide receivers in Denver, man, they're they're still going to get usage. They're just they're going to have to be playing catch up for a lot, <laughs> many many more weeks to come. Yes, you are correct. All right, Josh, if you had to become an inanimate object for a year, uh, what object would you choose to be? Yeah, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dream a little bit here. I, I'm <laughs> gonna, I'm gonna make an assumption that, that Richard Branson wears a wig. I would like to be his wig. I, <laughs> I've never thought about that before, and I think you're right. That's 100% a wig. It is a wig, uh, a wig, isn't it? It's a lion's mane. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. It, it's fun to think that it might be a wig, and if it is a wig, I'd like to be that wig for a year. Imagine the places you'd go. Oh my gosh! I mean, the things you'd do, what you would see, the stories you could tell—it'd be amazing. Ah, uh, <laughs> that that little uh right there—that was that was me being the wig for a day. Like, can I borrow it for a day? I just want to borrow it for a day. Like, it could be a talking wig, like. You can. What was that old '90s show where that dude? I it wasn't Jason Bateman, was it? No, it wasn't Jason Bateman. But he had Sam Kinison on one shoulder, and then he had the the angel version of Sam Kinison on the other shoulder. And oh my god, I I I remember this very very vaguely, but I could not tell you the name of it or who was in it. In every single show, he had to call to Sam Kinison to to decide for him whether or not he should make a certain decision. Well, they, we're going to personify Sam Kinison, or, uh, Branson's wig, and, and so you can play that part. You can be the Sam Kinison on his head. Excellent. I, I, guess, he wouldn't, I guess he wouldn't be inanimate then, though, would you? Inanimacy well, it is a talk. fantasy after all. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna move on from there. Redraft PPR rest of the season. Uh, Jarvis Landry, John Brown, or Amari Cooper. I need to trade one for a running back, and I'm hoping someone will bite on average Amari. Air quotes or even Landry while I keep John Brown. Well, it sounds like the person's already made up their mind. I guess we'll just go ahead and comment then. So, what say you? Uh, my honest opinion is that you keep you keep Landry and you trade Brown or Cooper. And, you know, if you trade Cooper, you're obviously you're trading him on upside. And the fact that he just he hasn't broken out yet, he it's coming for him. And I, I, I kind of agree with that. I think it is coming for Cooper. It just hasn't we haven't seen it yet. So that's kind of that's the that's the story you're telling to your trade partner is like, the, you know, obviously you're seeing his floor. The good stuff's coming. 
And oh yeah, by the way, give me um give me Le'Veon Bell. I and the other guy I try to trade is John Brown. You know, John Brown is he's leading the league in air yards, and he is one of the most heavily targeted receivers in the league. I think that will probably regress somewhat. Yeah, he's been great. Like he's been awesome. And I'm really happy that I was so heavily invested in him in best ball. But at the same time, it might be a really good time to sell him. And Landry, I'm keeping Landry no matter what. Because I, again, I think he's another receiver that's off to a, a little bit of a slow start. We've seen Baker Mayfield. He's good. He's a good quarterback. He can throw the ball and throw the receiver open. And Landry's going to be the recipient of so many of those targets this year. And it's just, it's really hard for me to sell that right now when I think he's at a low point. Two two weeks in a row, two Joshes in a row. Neither one of you guys are buying into John John Brown long term here. I I get it with Jarvis. I do get it. Um, yeah, I feel like John Brown is Jarvis, a cheaper Jarvis right now, and I I think I'm just going to hang on to him because I I just think the market value is better on the other two guys here. And until John Brown shows me he's not going to continue to get these air yards, I'm going to keep banking on the air yards. I I know I'm in the minority on this one. Um, I know Crabtree has a profile that also says that he should be getting more uh, production that should turn into actual fantasy value as well. Um, but I mean, who, at least in the short term here, 5.5 on DK. I mean, John Brown is a guy, yeah, I might need, I might need that salary saving and, uh, I kind of like him. Yeah. I mean, and don't, don't get me wrong. Like John Brown is, he's an excellent receiver. He's finally healthy. I mean, we finally get healthy John Brown like two and a half years later and they're using him the way that we wanted him to be used in Arizona the past couple of seasons before he got hurt. So this is not to... This is not to denigrate John Brown in any way. All I'm saying is I, I think he's he's going to maybe come back just a little bit, but not much. I mean, he may not come back very much, and that's good. Like, that's why we drafted him. That's the upside that we wanted to see. So I could certainly understand wanting to roster him every week, not wanting to trade him because he's been great. And for the price you paid for him, he's paid back huge dividends. Hey, Rotovis fans, Jeremy Hart, Rotovis Radio. Do you want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy football league? Well, of course you do. But look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup for you each week based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. Now, you may ask, how does SquadQL actually do this? Well, I'm going to tell you, the app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster on your league scoring system. SquadQL provides waiver and trade recommendations, plus the app gives you your player rankings each and every week, and it's also based on your league settings. SquadQL truly is your go-to app this fantasy football season. Head to SquadQL.com. Download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy football manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android.
All right, we are jumping right back in here with the Fuck, Mary Kill 2018 Real or Fake Defense to Target or Avoid version here. Uh, so what we did is, uh, of course, you know, we, we didn't take Chicago. We didn't take Jacksonville. So, you know, we're going to go one tier down and try to identify, are these teams, from a defensive perspective, real or fake? So we have Miami. We have the Jets. And we also have the Cardinals, and I'll throw you a funsy one, a fourth one, if you want to add them or not. Uh, Buffalo, believe it or not, as well. Man, Whew. it's like Murderer's Row. It, it so, is. It is. It really is. And, I mean, these guys have, have like, are they real or not? Because it has been a fantasy dead zone. It really has been. I, you know, I would probably – I'm going to – I'm going to fuck Arizona. Because I think they have they have some really good players, and uh, their undoing on defense is because of the offense. So I think any kind of any kind of offensive improvement there in Arizona is going to be positive, mm-hmm. right? Especially for, for the defense. I I like that. I they're my fuck, and the kill for me is Miami. I you know Miami's got a lot of guys hurt. They're missing the whole middle of their line. You know they did play Cincinnati kind of tough last week. But that levy broke at the end of the game, and then Cincinnati got their red game going. I, I just think, I think Miami's a lot of smoke and mirrors right now. I mean, they're just they're coasting on fumes. It looks like they still play with the slowest pace in the league, and I think a lot of it is just to hide all the deficiencies on that team on both sides of the ball. So I, I would kill Miami and the Jets. I'll marry, and I say that because I, Todd Bowles as a defensive coordinator, defensive play caller, schemer, he's excellent. And they have some really good pieces on that defense. And, you know, a lot of folks don't know the names on that defense. And I can tell you the same thing. I don't know a lot of the names on the defense, but I watch them play and they, they play to my, my opinion, they play the right way. And, you know, they are tethered right now to a rookie quarterback in an offense that doesn't have a ton of weapons, but they are gritty. They stay in it. And there's a lot of narrative here, but you know, that's, that's the kind of people I'd want to marry, you know, somebody that works hard and, and just kind of keeps their nose to the grindstone and maybe not sexy all the time, but, man, they're bringing home money at the end of the day. <laughs> I, I went the same exact way as you as well. I I keep poo-pooing Miami, and they keep, I don't want to say proving me wrong because I, they can't keep this pace up of, I mean, throwing 22 freaking times a game and still somehow – getting it across the finish line here. And it's funny because, I mean, I could not have gotten the Miami read any more wrong this offseason. I liked Miami. I liked the pieces. I thought they were going to kick things into gear. And, I mean, they did the exact opposite. I didn't think an Adam Gase offense was going to slow down this much. And so I just, I'm, I'm with you there. Arizona, I think they're starting, Rosen is starting to stretch the field a little bit more. I think we're going to see more of that. That can only help in in. You know, the J-E-T-S Jets, baby. I mean, yeah, I, you know, if you gave me one team in New York to bring home to mama, it's it's the Jets. All right, Josh, if you were given full reign to redesign the food pyramid, what would the ADHD food pyramid look like? Oh, man. So the top of the pyramid would be barbecue. And that's obviously that is the pinnacle. And then just below barbecue, we would probably have starches. So... You know, you got your macaroni cheese, you got your mashed potatoes, your twice baked potatoes. And then the third tier, gosh, probably beer. Because beer is awesome. <laughs> we could just include all alcohol in there. Beer, wine, and liquor. And then the fourth tier, the junk, the junk food tier, so to speak. Um gosh, what would that be? 
it's not really junk food. Like, yeah, that's probably the place where I put the fruit and the vegetables because I don't eat enough of those, but they're still, they're okay. There's nothing wrong with them. I just don't eat enough of them. They're fine, right? They're just fine. They're fine. You know, if they happen to be there, okay, that's fine. Now, what, what the real question here, though, Josh, is what kind of barbecue is it? Are you, are you a, a spicy and, and, you know, zesty, zingy, or is it like a, a sweet and tangy? You know, it depends on the meat, and uh, I could soapbox here for a long time, but if it's, <laughs> like, if it's pork, like, I, I do, I cook pulled pork quite a bit, and with that, it's, uh, my favorite style is Carolina. Carolina is that, that kind of tangy, sweet, sour, um, it, it's just a really good mix of flavors, but if it's brisket, if it's, uh, like, beef ribs, any kind of beef that's been smoked, I think it needs a little bit of a peppery flavor to it, um, not, not spicy, but just a little bite, I think. And then if it's chicken, I think chickens, you could have it either way. You could have chicken sweet. You could have chicken spicy. Um, you could have it savory. So it's uh, it just depends, man. There's so many good flavors out there. What does it say about me that I don't like smoked barbecue? And don't get me wrong. I try and I try and I try and I try. And every single freaking time I have it, I just I still taste ash. You know what I mean? Like I just there's something about smoked meat that just I can't get down with. It's like me and seafood, which is another blemish on my resume. I can't eat seafood. I mean, like, yeah, sure, I can have shrimp. I mean, but that that doesn't count. You know what I mean? I, so, I, am I doing it wrong? Is it, am I just not eating the right region of, of smoked meat? It just I don't know what's wrong. And I want this delicacy that everybody loves. And I go to a buddy's house, and his uncle is out there slaving over these, you know, smoked ribs for hours upon hours upon hours. And then I go to eat it, and it's just like I'm I'm gnawing on meat that I can barely get off the bone. You know what I mean? Maybe I'm just that sounds like a yeah, that sounds like a cook problem because it, it barbecue <laughs> should never be tough to get off the bone. If anything, it should fall off of the bone. It should just really gently tear apart if it's been cooked right. And a lot of the other thing I'll say is in Again, I said I could soapbox on, on barbecue all day. The a lot of the problem with with barbecue, I'd say outside of the South, is that the wood that's used to cook it in a lot of in a lot of cases is very strong, ashy, acidic flavored mm-hmm. wood, and, and mesquite's a really popular one. And it's just not the best wood for making barbecue. To be honest, it 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 does have that really that kind of acrid, really. It's just not a good flavor. And it really penetrates the meat, and it, in some cases, it kind of spoils the meat, especially if the meat dries out. So, you know, for me, if I'm if I'm cooking, if I'm if I'm smoking barbecue, I, I try to use like a like a hardwood. Like I'll use like an oak, post oak. I'll use pecan. I'll use cherry, uh, and I try not to overdo it on the on the smoke flavor. It's just it's just a little bit a little bit of the wood for for flavor, and the rest of the time, I'm, I'm trying to keep it as shielded from the smoke as I can. Man, yeah. You see, you sound like a freaking pro, and that actually makes sense. Like, maybe it's a, like a regional thing, and every time I go down to Dallas, I don't get smoked because of a bad taste in my mouth from up here in the Chicagoland area. So there we go. Next time I go back down to Dallas, I will get smoked, and I will prove myself round, uh, wrong. I, I will let you all well, know. Well, I mean, I, I lived there for 15 years. You need to ask me next time you get down there where to go, and I will direct you to a couple of places. All right, sounds good. Uh, I declare, I, I ate there last time I went down to I declare, and I had the best damn chicken and waffles I've ever had in my entire life. Now, 
I also have to say, I always thought the most egregious thing in the world is mixing chicken and waffles. Like, because I've always been chicken, spicy, that type of guy, right? Like, why syrup? I don't want syrup anywhere near my chicken. Get that crap out of here, right? Well, I had it with a runny egg over the top, and it was a taste of heaven. It was the best thing I've That's, ever had in my life. It's phenomenal. It really is. Yeah, I was I was wrong world. I'm sorry. Um, moving on from there, redraft. At least link. you're willing to change. Yeah, uh, hey, that's what we got to do. We we live and we learn. Um, Mike Davis, Dante Foreman, Wendell Smallwood, who's already played or is playing now, and Corey Clement. So hopefully, uh, I don't know what's the score right now. Hopefully, we should tell this guy Mike Davis. Depending on, well, I think Corey Clement got in the end zone, didn't he? Yes, Clement got in the end zone. Smallwood um, got away with a fumble a minute ago. Not that that really means all that much. I don't think Peterson doesn't really punish players for turnovers. Uh, I would probably say a bench stash. I would say, gosh, probably Clement. I, I think he has the best role in the best offense. And I would rank right behind him Deontay Foreman. And I, there is a narrative out there about Foreman that it's tough to come back from an Achilles injury that he had last year. Um, but I think he stands to inherit a really nice role in that offense uh, because L- Lamar Miller hasn't taken the role and run away with it like we hoped he would. And a lot of us that drafted him at best ball in the sixth and seventh round, he just he hasn't paid that back yet. I think they're waiting on someone to really step out there. And it, I mean, it could be Alfred Blue, but I think Deontay Foreman, once he comes back and they work him in the offense, I think late in the season, I'm talking like you know week 12 on, he could be a real hammer for you potentially. Lamar Miller, what a jackass. He was a math play. He was a hashtag team math play. I couldn't not take him where he was going, Josh. I could not stop drafting Lamar Miller this offseason. And I'm just eating all this Lamar Miller exposure. It just it tastes so bad. It tastes like the worst smoked barbecue I've ever had in my life. Uh, redraft. So, <laughs> so I have bi-week blues that are going to force me to drop another guy from my roster after Traquan Smith has officially broken out. I'm wondering if I should drop any of these guys to make room for him. Chris Hogan, Marquise Goodwin, and Tyrell Williams, the gazelle. Do I drop the gazelle? You know, I would, of those three, if I were determined to drop somebody, I would drop Tyrell Williams because I think he's the easiest player to reclaim if Smith washes out for some reason. And I think that's I think that's probable because when Teddy Ginn comes back, I assume Teddy Ginn will take that role back, and and it, it'll be business as usual in New Orleans. So it's uh, while I like Traquan Smith quite a bit, I'm not sold on him having an every week role going forward unless Ginn is out again. So I would if I wanted to get him, I'd, I'd do it with Tyrell Williams. Yeah, I'm on the same train as well. Shark Tank app idea that does not exist today. Oh my gosh. You know, it's funny, too, because you think to go look for an app, and it's like, son of a gun, somebody's already made this thing. <laughs> Every single time. It's like, yep. man, yep. what could I do? So, God, I, you know, right now I can't come up with anything off the top of my head unless, oh, I've got one. Okay, <laughs> this is perfect. It's the Branson wig cam on an app. Nice, nice callback there, and uh, dual dual eligibility. We'll say multi positional eligibility over there on on the platform. DK FanDuel, nicely done. If if you didn't say we're, that, we're I was, building a brand over here. <laughs> I, w- I was going to say a, a tutorial, educational um, uh, barbecue 
app of some sort as well. That's not bad either, but the only problem is you got to compete with YouTube, and there's so many good videos on YouTube to do all that stuff. It's like, you know, could you really make an app out of it? Yeah, I guess you could. I guess you could. Yeah, I don't. I don't think YouTube is on the wig thing, though. So I think you're on to something there. I think you've got that. I, I think you got the market on lockdown, Josh. I think you do. DFS, are you trying to jam in Gurley this week? And if not, who are you looking at? Um, you know, it's tough, Josh. FanDuel looks like it's a little bit more feasible. I have built Gurley lineups over on the Kings of Draft here, and um, not pretty. It's not pretty. It it can be done. Um, it can be done via, if we get some news that maybe Josh Reynolds is going to get a start, if we get some news that T.Y. Hilton is out, uh, and you're looking at the likes of Chester Rogers or Ryan Grant, I mean, it, it gets thin here. I mean, you can go double T.E., and I don't think that's not viable to go both a Brait and a Hooper or a, a Brait and a, a Vinette or a Hooper and RSJ, as you mentioned before. I don't think it's not viable, but, you know, if we also get news that, you know, if Freeman is out, that makes Coleman a play, even Ito Smith comes into play. So I just, I, I don't think I'm doing it on DK. I haven't messed around enough on FanDuel to actually credit, uh, credit there. What say you? I think, for me, I'm locking in Joe Mixon this week. So if I if I can't make Gurley work, I can drop down twenty five hundred dollars and play Joe Mixon, and I really like his matchup this week. Yeah, it's 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 nice. You know what my problem is, and this is my my own personal issue, okay? Because I want to play Mixon, I want to play Yeldon. Um, I know I'm going to eat that, um, but in doing so, I don't know if I'm going to have enough to pay up for both the Julio and the Evans, and I want to use them both. I just want to attack both of those receivers in this game. I don't see how either one of them have a 16-point floor, plus a potential 100-yard bonus, plus a potential touchdown or two or three, and I know the wide receiver is volatile, and it has already bit me when I should just be paying up across the board for running back, but gosh, it's a dream spot for both of those guys, and it's, it's hard for me to not want to put them in my lineups everywhere. I would just run two lineups. Yeah, just run two lineups. That one with Julio and one with Evans, and then you could play the cheap receiver from the other team and stack it that way if you wanted to. So you could do you know Evans and Sanu, or Evans and Ridley, and then you do all the opposite sides. You do Julio and, and Deshaun Jackson, or Julio and, and Godwin. Don't come at me with logic, Josh. I don't need your logic. I just want my cake and I want to eat it too. You know, well, you can do that. You can do that, and that's that's when you become Team Jamo Man with Bolo Powell <laughs> and um, Naheem Hines and and Ronald Jones. Oh shit! All right, yeah. They, do not listen to me, folks. Okay, make do what Josh is saying and make two lineups. That is a prudent thing to do. All right, Josh. Week six rapid fire. Here we go. Melvin Gordon or Christian McCaffrey? McCaffrey. Isaiah Crowell or Alex Collins? Collins. Mike Evans or the Julio? Julio. Julio. John Brown or Quincy Inunua? Quincy Inunua. Ah, give me the brown side on that one. And, I, uh, gosh, I don't know if I should be. Eric Ebron. It's or, close. It it's really close. is. Or Jared Cook. I would take I'd take Eric Ebron. Cameron Brait or Austin Hooper? Hooper. Jared the Goff or Deshaun? 
Watson. I would take Jared Randy Goff. Randy Watson. I, people are, people are going to be scared of the weather in Denver. I just double down on Goff. Yeah, I'm with you there as well. Andy Dalton or Baker Mayfield. I think I know which way you're going to go on this one. I'd say flip a coin. I, I really don't have any preference on this one. I think they're about even. Okay, there you go. I'll, I'll take the Baker side, but uh, yeah, I... I all these were set up for a reason. Wanted to see if there was any conviction in there. And uh, now th- these guys are pretty close for a reason. All right, Josh, take a favorite or popular movie. Change one letter in the title. What's the new movie? What's it all about? Okay, so I'm going to take my favorite Christmas movie, which is Die Hard. <laughs> I'm going to change the letter I to an R, and it's going to be Dre Hard. <laughs> and so the plot of the movie is Dr. Dre in the John McClane role, except instead of trying to get off of uh, Nakatomi Tower... He's trying to get out of Compton, <laughs> which somehow the terrorists have taken over Compton for some reason. And it may be because they have a lot of good ganja there. But anyway, <laughs> it, 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 well, in the Dre McClain has got to get out of Compton. So, I mean, straight out of Compton is clearly leading into the movie, right? It, it, it has oh, for to be sure. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the prequel for sure. Straight out of Compton is is the prequel. It's the music that's leading us in as well. And I mean, I think because like uh, the the terrorists are trying to to take over Compton. There, I mean, you can even probably borrow from Back to the Future as well, right? When they when they're oh, going for the no petroleum, doubt. right? There's no doubt. <laughs> I, I like it. Dre Dre Hard Part One, Part Two, Part Three. The Doctor comes back. Um, there, there's a there's a lot of possibilities with this one. I think we need a little Chris Rock to uh to cameo in this one. I think we can make it happen. Oh yeah, him and him and Tyrese. <laughs> which which was in uh what was he in uh he's in Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious. Uh, what 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 hood movie was he in? Not Babyface, right? What was? Gosh. Oh man, I, I can't remember. I can't remember off the top of my head. No, no. Well, I've already lost half the audience on this one, along with Micro Machines. So we'll move on here. Redraft, Dallas, Jets, Bills. Which is the streamer this week? I think the best streamer is probably Dallas. I think the best one. I mean, they stink at home. Like they, that's they're like the worst home team in the in the National Football League. But they have an excellent pass rush. The Jacksonville offensive line has allowed quite a bit of excuse me, quite a bit of pressure this year, and. Yeah, I think it's going to be a slow game with not a ton of points. So I think Dallas has a good chance against bad Blake Bortles this week. Yeah, I think they're fine as well. I think, you know, tit for tat, I'll go with the Jets. But, you know, letting the cat out of the bag, I'll probably be using the the old Dallas in in the the Kings of Draft here this week for the 2.3. Redraft PPR, can I continue to bank on the efficiency of Kerryon Johnson and Austin Eckler? I know they should both regress, but maybe they should just – get the ball more. I also have Aaron Jones, and I've been wondering if Jones is the one that won't actually get the work despite A-Rod's request. I think that fear about Jones is very is very solid and worth paying attention to because if they were going to use Aaron Jones as a bell cow, they would have done it already. So I, I while I'm, I'm a fan of holding on to Aaron Jones, I am not starting him until I see some signs from that offense that they're going to give him the work that he deserves. Carry on Johnson, Austin Eckler. I don't know if you want them to get the ball more, to be honest. Carry on, maybe a little bit. Eckler, I don't think you want him to get the ball more because that will threaten his efficiency. So obviously, I mean, we'd say volume is the key to fantasy scoring in a lot of cases, but for some of these guys that are high efficiency, the part of their, their efficiency is due to 
not having a massive amount of volume. And I know that sounds counterintuitive to some sense, but, you know, they're locked in these roles in their offenses. They have been productive in them. In some cases, I, I think that adding more volume to that workload as is, um, not beneficial anymore. Yeah, I think you're right on that. I mean, the, the Tariq Cohen, Naheem Hines, I mean, also guys I'm looking to t- take some tourney darts on for some salary cap saving this week, but I, I think you're right. And, you know, they have that role for a reason. And I mean, if, if you do give them more look, now, I don't think, I, I will say carry on probably doesn't deserve to be in that discussion. I think that's just Matt Patricio for whatever reason, not giving him the ball more. I don't know. Um, so I think he could, you know, of the three, I think he's the one that if he does get the increased load, I think we're going to actually see something out of it. But for the other guys, yeah, I'm with you. I'm not going to bank on Aaron Jones getting a bell call cow roll at this point all right josh the moment in history you choose you would choose to go back to in time and witness in person oh my gosh this is a good one too you know i think it would be fun to go back and witness like hate asbury in its heyday in the late 60s you know there was it was just such a like a convocation of uh, artistry and culture and as say passion and movement at the time it was uh it, it would have been something to really it would have been neat to be able to soak that in and and get a better understanding for what it was all about other than what we read in books and see in you know interviews and whatnot so basically we would just go back in time and be our parents indeed yeah before <laughs> they became fuddy duddies yeah, exactly. Before the before the likes of social media to keep everybody looking down, like people may have actually had a good time at one point in history. Just a thought. I don't know. I I, I wouldn't bank on that because they'll never own it up to it. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Uh, sizzling, smoking, scorching. Week six hot take. Buffalo wins on the road at Houston. Oh, oh, wow. Ooh, you know. I th- I felt like I needed Buffalo in a couple lineups, Josh, and now you're making me want to go back and look at that some more. They've got a puncher's chance. They really do. Uh, Houston has the by far the worst offensive line in the league, and Buffalo can make some pressure on the passer. So I would say as long as that as long as that matchmaking hell exists for Houston, that that Houston could have some problems this week. We saw what happened in Minnesota. We saw it. Bad O-line play. Here we go. That's right. Dialing up Buffalo, and that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a road of his podcast dedicated to answering your fantasy football questions. If you have any questions you want answered on the show, email us, rotovizradio at gmail.com or on Twitter, rotovizradio. Use the hashtag RVMailbag. Josh, my man, thanks as always. Third time out, carving out the time, coming on the show. Any uh, last-minute plugs? Give us give us all the deets, what you got going on for the rest of the season here, and where, where they can find all the cool new apps and tools. Yeah, so you can find all of my work over at Fantasy Insiders. That's where all the apps reside. And also, if you happen to be a, a Roto-Grinders premium subscriber, you can find our premium usage app on that site. Uh, you can listen to me on Mondays on the Gilcast, which is on Roto-Grinders, and also on Wednesday mornings on Aggression to the Mean, which is also in Roto-Grinders uh, in the premium podcast section. So if you can't find me there, find me on Twitter. I'm happy to banter with you. The man is moving. He is shaking. He is at Fantasy ADHD. Uh, as always, thanks for coming out and uh, listening. Please do not forget to rate and review the show on iTunes. It means a lot. 
with Jeremy Hart at Fantasy Gumshoe. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to Rotoviz Radio. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Fantasy Football Mailbag or Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think, so follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio and at Fantasy Gumshoe. Tell your friends about us, and do not forget to sign up for a 30% discount through our podcast homepage on rotoviz.com. It's a no-brainer, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Factory.